You are listening to The Dan Patrick Show on Fox Sports Radio. Welcome to the program. Final hour on this Wednesday. Dan and the Danettes, Dan Patrick Show. We got a box of uh, butcher box meat. And I said to uh, Tyler, I said, in between answering phone calls, could you maybe whip up some lunch there? So Tyler's whipping up. You know, with ButcherBox, you get that uh, ground beef for life. As long as you have the membership, they send you two pounds of ground beef. Ground beef for life? For life. Yeah. So I said, uh, we got some ground beef there. How about uh, you put some life into it and give us some uh, some grub here? So he's going to be doing that here in the final hour. Yes, Paul. Beef Wednesday? Well, yeah. 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 I'll work with you. Yeah. I just thought, you know what? We've been working hard here. And... Uh, Beef Wednesday's got a nice ring to it. <laughs> Beef Wednesday. It sounds like a band, like a, like a... Ladies and gentlemen, Beef Wednesday. Yeah. Like a ska band. That's yeah. word with no doubt. Was, right. Um, Beef Wednesday. You know, of course, uh, McLovin left, and uh, he co-hosts his own show now. Marvin came from uh, the back room, and he now sits in the front row where Seton was. Seton's in relegation row. He's in the back row. And uh, some people have uh, come up with a nickname. You know, McLovin was named Andrew Perloff, and his nickname was McLovin. People have come up with McMarvin and uh, don't know if it's going to stick, but uh, some people on uh, social media, PM Yawn is another one. But, uh, I love PM Yawn way more than McMuffin. Yeah. McMarvin. McMuffin. No, McMarvin. Yeah. McMuffin's better. McMuffin may catch on. Yeah. McMuffin might have some yeah. legs too. Yeah. Marvin, I caught him. I thought he was going to say something. I went to him. He goes, No, I was just yawning. <laughs> and I, I went, How, Why? Oh, Don't dear. admit that. Don't admit that. Damn, uh, yawn. Damn, yawn. That's, that was great. That was a deep dive there. All right. Final hour coming up. Is Tom Brady truly retired? Mike Florio doesn't think so. We'll talk to Albert Breer, NFL insider, the Monday morning quarterback. Also, what the Colts do with Carson Wentz. And is everything okay with the Arizona Cardinals with Kyler Murray? So he'll join us coming up in a little bit. The uh, NFL season is unpredictable, right? The offseason is unpredictable as well. Because you're trying to figure out what's going to happen with some of these situations. And the Packers reportedly are gearing up for a lucrative, lucrative contract here with Aaron Rodgers. Uh, you know, the Packers are around $30 million over the salary cap this offseason. So the extension could be difficult there. Uh, the GM of the Packers, Brian Gutekunst, said yesterday he's not getting trade offers for Aaron Rodgers. Which was surprising that he would admit that he's not getting trade offers instead of saying... I'm not trading him. We don't plan on trading him. But Rodgers holds the power right now to get that contract extension. But you think about that. You think about Seattle. You know, do I think that Seattle is privately shopping Russell Wilson? I don't know for a fact yet, but I could see where that's a possibility of. And if you do it, like once you start to do that, and then if Russ hears about it or his agent hears about it, he's got veto power. He's got trade veto power unless, and this is why I don't know if, if you're Seattle and you say to Russ, how about we do this privately? Let's do what the Lions did with Matthew Stafford. We're going to move on. We think it's best. We don't want to be paying that kind of money. And we could team up and we could have a partnership to make this work for both of us. That would be my approach. If, if I'm where Seattle is and I look at Russ and say, you know what, maybe we need to start over. Because they became great when Russ was on his rookie deal. Then you can afford everybody. Do you look at that roster and say, we can win now? Well, can you win now? Yes. 
Can you win it all? No. You're not even the best team in your own division. You're not even the second best team. You're not even maybe the third. You might be the worst team in your division, given where Arizona is in there. But the Niners, if Niners would somehow upgrade with uh, Tom Brady and the Rams, of course, being Super Bowl champs. But I think the offseason is a little bit tricky trying to figure out what's going on. Also, Saquon Barkley is on the market. Number two overall pick in 2018. And he was expected to be a generational talent there. And he shined the first two years, but the injuries have sidelined him. And being a running back in the NFL, you know what? You're not going to get paid in accordance to how much punishment you take. And the Giants look like they're going to be moving on from Saquon Barkley. The question is, what are you willing to give up for Saquon Barkley? Fourth round pick, maybe? And... How are you going to use him? And him being in a contract year would be the only enticing part of this is he's got to earn that next contract. But how many teams are utilizing their running backs? It feels like it that you have, you know, dual running backs or three running backs. Running backs, like Saquon Barkley would be a luxury item right now. But you got a guy who can catch the ball out of the backfield. He can still run. I, I do, and Seton brought this up this morning that uh, there was a scout, I think, who questioned if Saquon Barkley was going to be successful because his legs were so big, would his knees be able to support how big his thighs are? And I'd never heard that before because I always look back at Robert Newhouse of the Cowboys and Earl Campbell. Those guys had some of the biggest thighs I've ever seen on a football player, and they were running backs. Now, you know, Earl Campbell... He, he gave punishment. He took punishment. Uh, but, you know, he had four years of greatness. Now he has a hard time walking. Uh, he might be uh, in a wheelchair. Uh, but I don't know if Saquon Barkley, if that does affect him, if he's able to be a, a guy who can carry the ball 20, 25 times. And maybe you get that sort of – we've seen this with quarterbacks, that you start, you're a high draft pick, you get benched, you go to another team, you're the backup quarterback – and then you get your chance to start again. And maybe that's the case with running backs now. We saw this with Leonard Fournette. Maybe Saquon Barkley gets that opportunity of being the other running back on a team right now. And that could be a luxury item. He's only 25. you got to factor that in as well. And he's still on that rookie deal. 877-3DP-SHOW. Email address dp at danpatrick.com. Twitter handle at dpshow. Update the poll results from our two, Seton. I expect Tom Brady to 67% of the audience say he'll stay retired. Yeah. Uh, 27% have him returning to the NFL, but with a different team, only 5% have him returning to the Bucks. Yeah, I don't see him going back to the Bucks. I, I would say that he stays retired, but if he does come back, I would say he's coming back to play for San Francisco. Uh, get a couple of phone calls. Uh, and Nathan in Los Angeles. Hey, Nate, what's on your mind? Hey, Dan. Good to talk to you again. Yes. So I have a debate question for you, but if I can take 30 seconds, I have a quick thought for both Seton and Marvin. Okay. Uh, in Seton's case, I imagine now that you sit where you sit and Marvin sits in front of that soundboard, I wonder if you think if you have greater appreciation for what an injured athlete thinks about or how they you know, see life. And for Marvin, I would offer you're not a true Danette until you make a pie in the face bet. Oh, oh, okay. All right. Um, 
Did we come up with a pie to the face for you, Marvin? Didn't you? You flirted with that, wasn't it? UConn basketball. Yeah, UConn going to the Sweet Sixteen. Who's who's got a pie to the face for uh, uh, Marvin if UConn doesn't go to the Sweet Sixteen? I don't know enough about UConn's team this year. Anybody want a piece of Marvin? Ooh. UConn's good this year. Okay. Oh, so you're you're going to co-sign on what Marvin's saying? I, you know, it's not the craziest bet I've heard. Okay. All right. All right. So we're going to stand down on that, Marv. So you haven't taken a pie to the face yet. All right. I got to make a stupid bet. No, no, no. You don't have to. That's how you fit in here. (laughs) That is how you fit in here. If you want to replace McLovin, that's what you do. I think Andy Dalton is. No, no. Don't do that. (laughs) Uh, Dave in Minnesota. Hi, Dave. What's on your mind? Morning, Dan. Uh, Final uh, poll call, poll question here for the final hour, father, son, more likely to happen. Fritzy gets to party with his son at uh, Syracuse or LeBron gets to play with uh, his son in the NBA. (laughs) I can answer that very easily. Well, Fritzy doesn't party. I think LeBron would play several seasons and they'd win at least one title together before I get anywhere near one of my son's parties. Yeah, Fritzy, Fritzy went up to see his son at Syracuse, but then spent uh, two nights in the hotel while his son was raging in a uh, frat party. Took him and his roommate out to a fancy steak dinner and entrees, appetizers, desserts, and then all of a sudden the conversation comes up about what they're doing later. You're not coming. You're not coming to the party. Please tell me. You know. And of course his roommate's like, you got to come, Mr. Fritz, which I hate being called, by the way. You got to come to the party and embarrass your son. Yeah, Paul. Here's the situation. When you're in a fraternity, there's parents weekend and you have a more tame party that the parents are all encouraged to attend. It's a little earlier in the (laughs) evening. It ends a little earlier in the evening. Then there's another party later that the parents are asked to leave. Parents don't just come down and visit their kids and show up to the weekly fraternity party (laughs) because then you can't do what you normally do, if you know what I mean. My wife went out to see my son at USC. And, you know, they had it all cleaned up. Frat house was all cleaned up. They had potpourri in the bathroom. Like, you know, they were they knew what they were doing. And my wife said, you know, the frat house was really clean. It was very nice. I said, well, I'm going out in a couple of weeks. I'll tell you what it really looks like. (laughs) I got out there. There's a refrigerator in the hallway. There was a beer bong or beer pool a beer pong and there was a bong upstairs on the outside table and i said to my wife i said yeah i saw what the frat house was like there was beer pong there was a broken window refrigerator that was still running that was in the hallway and there was a bong outside on the uh, veranda there and i said that's what a frat house looks like yeah paul i had this buddy named john and he was an athletic guy and he sometimes as a joke would walk down the hall after taking a shower with just his towel over his shoulder and he'd be completely naked. <laughs> he, he would do that often just to be, he was one of those guys. Mm. And one day he did it, he didn't realize it was parents weekend. <laughs> and there's about eight parents touring the house and here comes John walking out of the shower in his full glory. Yeah. Yeah, that'll happen. Yeah. I remember there was an open house and uh, I had two roommates who uh, liked to fire up the bong. And I wasn't a pothead fucker in uh, college. Well, I, I've never been. But... They left this bong out and it was probably two feet high and it's right in the middle of the room. So you'd have, you know, the resident, the RA would be, uh, hey, and uh, this is what uh, a room with three uh, roommates looks like. And he goes and you just see the parents 
like their eyes lit up where they looked and there's a bong right in the middle of the of the room, right on the table. Yeah. I don't know how we got to this. Oh, tell oh, Fritzy, yes. Yeah, going up to you. Do you ignore that if you're a parent? Do you say, yeah. so does the room come with the bong? Do you make like a little joke about it? Do you get like the, the, the official colors of the college bong with the logo on it? Uh, nobody said anything. Nobody said anything. It was just one of those where we just went, please get out. Please get out. Please get out. Yeah, see. Side topic to this. Okay. I threw up another poll question of if you were doing high school over again, would you rather have good grades or a boyfriend slash girlfriend? Yeah. Do you want to take a guess at how that's going? 70% saying girlfriend. 64% say good grades. What? I don't think you're being honest. I think, you know what? I feel like I, I fall in the good grades category. Yeah, but you had girls in, in high school. Yeah. And I, you know what? Let I me take the good grades. I, you know, I should let me ask. I should ask Paulie this because yeah. he didn't have either. And yeah. you didn't have good grades or a girl. If I if I would have said you could be number two in your class like Fritzy was, or better with the ladies. Yes. Man, I couldn't have been much worse at either. I was like ranked three eighty out of three ninety. <laughs> my graduating class. I'm not making that up. Two point one two grade point eight. All right. I got into three colleges. I would have better done better with the ladies in college, high school. I had very little rap, very yeah. minor success in the Niagara Falls areas. Andrew would always say, <laughs> "That's about it." You would school. Know. I mean, I got into a school. Yeah, there's lots of colleges. Yeah, yeah, yes, Todd. Oh, that 97 on your chemistry midterm only gets you so far in terms of your excitement <laughs> level. But there's some girls that were in my class who were walking around the halls, and I'm like, I, "Can I trade my 97 for a 73 and just one lunch with you?" Paulie had a Corvette and still couldn't get any women. It's a true story. That passenger seat was clean, <laughs> how, unused. How do you have a Corvette and you can't, you know, you pop the T-tops and, you know. You'd think so. Yeah. Oh, uh, let's see. When I've been a better student. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I had a couple of girlfriends and I wasn't a good student. So I, I would still accept that. I, I was fine with that. I wouldn't try to fool anybody. And we're not talking about like Harvard here. I'm getting into <laughs> Yale and Harvard. I'm getting into like University of Illinois or something. Okay. If you could get into an Ivy League school or you had no girlfriend, no girlfriend in high school, basically McLovin, you had no girlfriend and he got into Dartmouth. Todd? Well, you went to NYU. That's a great school. Yeah, I may, I may go for the Ivy League school or a top-notch school because you hope that would lead to... How about to you went things. to a junior college, but you had a beautiful girlfriend in Deal. high school? <laughs> it's just, you know, here's Fritzy, and, and back then he looked like a, a Mark Ruffalo on steroids. Like a really good-looking, great shape, and you're, you wasted it. I was still pretty shy. You, you wasted you it. Did. Why are Kit Kats so important to you but, now? But, but, you, you couldn't but, keep up but, your body. But you didn't play sports. Like, why lift? I, you know what? I just enjoyed working out and seeing my body transform into, like, you know, nothing special. <laughs> Nobody to... else got to see no, that body that transform. <laughs> but no, but it was flat. You know, you're at the gym and people are asking you if you're on the juice. Some of the guys at the, <laughs> in the neighborhood in Brooklyn or that's flattering. Or, you know, you see out of the corner of your eye some girls checking you out. That's, uh, that's enough so to you make got, you want to work out. you got attention from guys. A couple of guys whistled at me. There was, especially when I moved to California, when I was walking around West Hollywood, I was a big, uh, you know, I would wear my tight shorts. It was nice, my little, those little, uh, what do you call those? When the, the bike shorts, I had those pair of turquoise bike shorts. 
God, I wish there was a documentary on you when you were in Hollywood. Right That's outside the old spaghetti factory in Hollywood. Yeah. Someone definitely whistled at me outside the <laughs> old spaghetti factory. Some, some guy walked by with his friend, and he went, mm-hmm. I swear I heard that. <laughs> Damn, three-piece. Damn. <laughs> it wasn't Stacy. It wasn't Melissa. It wasn't Kathy. It was Brian. But that's all right. You know, I'm just, if, if I'm attracted to, to somebody, I'm attracted to We'll take a break here. We'll be back after this on the Dan Patrick Show. M Drive, M Drive here, coming to the rescue. You need energy every day. You can hear it in my voice. That guy's got energy, and I, this is a young man's game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I've got it. Seven clinically tested ingredients, six premium proteins. That's M Drive Start daily dose of protein nutrition helps me stay on top of my game. And no matter what your age is, you stay ready. Keep up with your busy day. Find MDriveDan.com. Get it delivered right to your door. They offer free shipping, 60-day money-back guarantee, nothing to lose except for maybe some pounds. It's time to focus on your health. New Year's resolution, sure, started in March, just as long as you keep up with it. And you can do this every single morning. It's just one small change in your life. M-Drive Start, energy, strength, drive you need to get more done every single day. Start it. And then thank me later if you want to. Don't let age beat you. Visit mdrivedan.com. That's mdrivedan.com. Refind your prime with the great folks at mdrive. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 until noon Eastern, 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. And you can find us on the iHeartRadio app at FSR or stream us live on the Peacock app. Got a bunch of new T-shirts available at danpatrick.com. Got uh, happy Dan Patrick's Day. Of course, you'll need that coming up in a couple of weeks. We have uh, Fritzy's Damn Three-Piece T-shirt. Uh, <laughs> we also have March Madness T-shirt as well. Go to danpatrick.com. The uh, spring swing is upon us. Next five weeks, NBC and Peacock. The place you'll want to be as the PGA Tour Goes to Orlando, the Arnold Palmer Invitational, presented by MasterCard, Saturday, 2.30 Eastern on NBC and Peacock. To get started, go to PeacockTV.com and sign up now. We always love talking to Albert Breer. He makes us smarter, senior NFL reporter for the Monday morning quarterback. I'm going to present the team. You present the biggest issue, and how will it be solved? Let's start with the Arizona Cardinals with Kyler Murray. The biggest issue, I think, right now um, would be the relationship between the quarterback and the team. And I know that that's, you know, kind of a – like, I, I guess it's an obvious thing now. Uh, but I do think it's a unique situation, Dan. Um, you know, I, I think in a, in a certain way it's what we're going to see with every quarterback, right? In, in, in one way, it's after three years in the current system, the way it's set up, you draft a quarterback in the first round, that decision – comes after the third year, and you look at most of the guys who got big second deals from their teams after being drafted in the first round, Carson Wentz, Jared Goff, Deshaun Watson, Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, those guys all got deals after three years. So that in that way, this is like a lot of these situations. But because Kyler's so tied to Cliff, and because things ended in such an uncomfortable way, and because even though they just signed extensions to the GM and the coach, Cliff Kingsbury and, and, and Steve Kime, there still is like unease within that organization. You can understand where, where if Kyler puts two and two together, he might say, I'm very specifically here because of Cliffs. They're kicking the can down the road on my extension. And if we don't get something done this year, and if for one reason or another, Cliff's not here in 2023, well, then is 200, $250 million going out the door. So 
you know, it's a it's an interesting spot to be in, and I it feels to me like you know Kyler's very much holding the Cardinals' feet to the fire here, and it's coming at a time when there are questions on his leadership in the building. And so if this means he's missing April and May and June in that place, the problem kind of compounds on itself if you, if you can find it, kind of follow that. Yeah, I think that's interesting. So he wants to get jump-started in case something happens to Cliff Kingsbury, then he's still getting that, that contract that he wants. Is, is that what you're right. saying? Well, and, and think about it this way, too. His college teammate was Baker Mayfield. Baker Mayfield was waited to, was asked to wait a year ago. Is that extension coming for Baker now? Like, you know what I mean? Like, so I think in a lot of cases, a lot of times, like, players, and they shouldn't be, they, they shouldn't trust teams. In but why doesn't Kyler right? Murray bet on himself like Dak Prescott did? Well, because, I mean, Baker Mayfield bet on himself and how'd that turn out? You know what I mean? Like, and I think because the price point's gone up to a certain level, again, like, you know, these become more difficult decisions for the teams. And the Cardinals, by the way, haven't said they're not going to do a deal for him now. Yeah. The Cardinals just said, why don't we wait until the summer? Like, let's see if we can get something done in the summer. The problem I think Kyler sees here, um, and this is just kind of me putting one piece together with another. Um, the problem I think Kyler sees here is, okay, so if I report to the training camp in July and contract talks go nowhere, well, where does that leave me then? I got to get ready for the season at that point. My leverage is gone. So if I don't push the envelope now, I wait till the summer and I'm in the middle of training camp. It's very hard for me to kind of push the issue while I'm getting ready to play the season. It's much easier to push the issue in February and March. The Green Bay situation is always interesting, but Brian, <laughs> Brian Gutekunst, the GM, was asked, have you heard from any teams about yeah. trade offers? And he answered it by saying, no, haven't heard from anybody. That means you're <laughs> open for business. Albert, it, it, instead of saying, we're not trading Aaron. We we want him to be here. We expect him to be here. Now yeah. you're saying, no, I haven't heard from anybody. But if you know anybody who's interested in getting a quarterback coming off an MVP season, let us know. I think Brian Gutekunst is being very careful with his words right now. Because if he says, we're not trading Aaron Rodgers, what does that say to Aaron? That says, we control the situation. You don't. And Aaron doesn't want to see that. And I don't think the Packers want to have to navigate another awkward offseason the way they did last year. <laughs> so I think their priority is getting Aaron back on the team. And if you're telling Aaron, we are in control and we will listen to offers and then we will make a decision, well, then that takes the control out of Aaron's hands. And so I think they feel like they're in a really good place now, Dan, like the best place they've been in a while with Aaron. And effectively, and I think I've said this to you before, like personally, on a, from a personal standpoint, I think the issue is largely fixed. Like the, there was never an issue between Aaron Rodgers and Matt LaFleur. And the issue between Aaron Rodgers and Brian Gutekunst and the issue between Aaron Rodgers and Mark Murphy, for the most part, isn't there anymore. But you think that's so, why there's, there hasn't truly been in, Are you trying to tell me Denver has not at least inquired about See, I don't know if I believe that. That's <laughs> I don't know if I believe that. I think the easy thing to say is no, we haven't gotten any calls because you don't want to talk about it, right? Like I, I like I, I'd imagine someone has inquired because when you talk to teams here in Indianapolis, right? And you know how this goes, like all these teams are meeting in the hallways and they're meeting with agents and all that different stuff's happening here. Like when you ask anybody about the quarterback market, what potentially could happen with Russell Wilson, what's gonna happen with Deshaun Watson, what's gonna happen with Jimmy Garoppolo, everybody's response is, well, you got to wait for the Aaron Rodgers domino to fall. And I think the likelihood is that he stays a Packer, but 
how do you figure out when that domino is going to fall, how it's going to fall? If you're Denver, a team like Denver, Carolina, Washington, what you do is you call the Packers, you know, yes. and you ask. And I think right now, and and, and look, Gutekunst could be playing with with semantics here a little bit, you know, like because if like somebody calls him and says, "Well, are you guys ready to talk about Aaron Rodgers?" No, we aren't. Is that really a trade call? You know, I just think he wants to avoid the drama in general. Like, I think if you like the answer to both your questions, is I think the priority right now for 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 Green Bay is to avoid stepping over themselves. It's a delicate situation. They want Rodgers back. I think deep down they believe he's going to be back. Yeah. They'll probably have to negotiate a new contract for him. And right now it's like it feels to me at least like they're in don't screw it up mode. Do you want to get in on the uh, Tom Brady, Mike Florio bet that we have going on here? What is it? Okay. Paulie bet Mike Florio. Florio says that uh, Tom Brady will be the starter in San Francisco week one. Week one. Okay. Yes. And it's a pie to the face. So uh, if it doesn't happen, Florio gets a pie to the face. Uh, If it does happen, then Paulie takes a pie to the face. Which side are you on? I don't think Brady – this is going to sound like such a cop-out, um, but I don't think Brady knows the answer to that question. Like, I think that's why he left the door open. I think that's why he handled his retirement the way he did. And this is a guy, Dan, who has been, I'd say, like, actively afraid of the idea of, of retirement. Like, he doesn't know what he's going to do with himself. He doesn't know how he's going to channel his competitiveness. Like, this is a guy who I think for the last – I don't know, like, the, the, the last 10 years, like, whenever this first went on his radar – You're not answering you know, the question, Albert. I know. Where, I, gonna, I, I, I don't. I, I personally think there's a better chance than not we see him play at some point again. Do I know? Do I think it's week wow. one? Maybe not. But I think we. I think, like, I don't think he left. I think he left football. I, I think the reason he left football was because maybe he wasn't wild about his particular situation. The family stuff plays into it too. Um, you know, I think you know if the Niners come along. And because here's the here's the key thing is if you're asking him right now to buckle down and play, you're asking for a 12 month commitment. If the Niners come to him in August or September and maybe Trey Lance hasn't developed the way that they they they'd hoped. Right. Then what are they asking for? They're asking for like four or five months. How different is that? It's a totally different thing. Right. So I think it's something that's on Kyle Shanahan's radar. I think it's something that's on Tom Brady's radar. Like, I, I'm with Florio that I think it's a possibility. Do wow. I think it's a certainty? Would I take a pie to the face for uh, for it not happening? I don't know if I'd go that far. Okay. Yeah, that's our litmus test of, you know, how much you firmly believe in a story. Would the you be willing? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, I'm, I'm watching Chris Ballard, the Colts GM, saying mm-hmm. that they don't really know what they're doing at the quarterbacking position. Uh, it's been seven weeks <laughs> since they lost yeah. to Jacksonville. Yeah. Like, what the hell have you been doing how, how long does it take to figure this out where you go, do we want him or do we not want him? And then right. what happens? So what what do you think the Colts will do? The operative question here is then what? Um, I, I don't think this is a yes or no. I think this is a what's available to us question. And I think Aaron Rodgers coming up the works to some degree and carrying his decision into March, I think is – sort of made it more difficult for teams like Indianapolis, like Carolina, like Washington, like Denver to really gain clarity on their quarterback options. And, you know, like in Denver and Washington and Carolina, we know those teams are going after quarterbacks. I think with Indianapolis, there's way more gray area. 
I, to get rid of Carson Wentz, they'd have to eat $15 million. Um, and you're t- so you're talking about like the investment in a new quarterback will be whatever it costs to bring in that guy plus the $15 million. That's sunk cost to get rid of Carson Wentz. And I think that for that reason, like whoever they're looking at has to rise to a certain level for them to pull the trigger on it. So do I think they're out on Carson Wentz? I think they're probably out on Carson Wentz. Could I see him back as like, you know, almost like a de facto stopgap year because they don't have a better option this year? Yeah, I could see that. I think this is going to come down to not just Carson Wentz, but their options outside of Carson Wentz. And I think that's why they're sort of leaking a light on for him. Dak has surgery, minor surgery. They always say mm-hmm. it when it's not on you. It's when you have surgery, minor, yeah. you know, I never yeah. viewed all of my surgeries and they went, that's minor knee surgery. I go, no, it's still sur- surgery, but it's on yeah. his non-throwing shoulder. Um, is this a bigger issue? Feels like it's being made a bigger issue because the media loves covering the Cowboys. Yeah, I think, I think it'll be all right. Like, I do think you worry a little bit about the accumulation of injuries with Dak to some degree because he has been nicked up a lot. And, you know, I think for quarterbacks that are deployed the way he was deployed early in his career, um, where they did run him, and they ran him by design a bunch, um, I think that's something that you have to kind of keep on your radar. So am I worried about this specific injury? Not so much. Would I be a little concerned about the, the accumulation of injuries? And if I was the Cowboys, was I, would I be sort of trying now? Um, he's close to 30 years old. Would I be trying now to, like, look at him and say, we need to get you to do a better job protecting yourself. We need to do a better job protecting you in the way we call games. We need you to – we, we would like you to evolve into a guy who's, you know, going to – play a game that's going to be more sustainable from an injury standpoint. I think all those things are on the table. So I'm not worried as much about this specific injury, but the accumulation of injuries, I think, is something that the Cowboys have to have on their radar. He's Albert Breer, senior NFL reporter, lead content strategist, the Monday morning quarterback. New interview rules at the Combine there in Indianapolis. Uh, Have you heard about what they're asking teams to do or not do? The language, the tone of the questions? Um, Yeah, yeah. I, you know, I'm, I guess it's the modernization of it. You know what I mean? Like, I, I think it's like there's things that were accepted. I mean, because at the root of these interviews, um, you know, and these are the most the second most important thing. Like everybody makes a big deal out of the workouts. The two biggest things here to teams are number one, the medical number two, the interviews. And these guys are coached to such a level on how to answer questions and how to act in these interviews that, you know, it's almost like fraternity hazing. You know what I mean? Like it's like. Like forever, the way that they handled that was we got to break the guy down. We got to make him uncomfortable because then he's going to reveal to us who he really is. And I mean, I grew up, you know, I think we all grew up with that sort of like coaching, teaching, like like a lot of us did. Like people of this generation, of this generation, the age of the the guys, the age that are coming in the NFL right now, I don't think grew up with that. So I think there's like a modernization going on. No, of course, lawyers are involved with this stuff, too, and you know that. Um, but, yeah, I mean, there's a modernization going on in the way they handle these situations. And it does feel like, I mean, and I, I think maybe this is like a little bit like post-COVID stuff, but, um, you know, I think as they take the combine, potentially move it, and you see teams sending less people here, you know, you see guys, certain guys at the top of the draft now, maybe reverting back to saying, you know what, I'll just wait till my pro day. It feels to me like this week in Indianapolis, there's been sort of a reshaping of the way the combines run and the way certain elements of the combine are run. So it, it definitely feels like a lot of things are in flux and the interview process is part of that.
Great to talk to you. Have fun there at the Combine. Thank you, bud. Thanks for putting up with my hostage cam, too. I appreciate it. Oh, here's, here's another one. Over under first quarterback taken 13 and a half picks. Over. Ooh, okay. Paulie's got a bet pie to the face. Uh, on He uh, says he's going to, a quarterback will be taken on the first 13 picks. Let's do pie to the face on that. Okay. Oh. So you got a pie to the face bet with Florio. I'll do pie to the face on All that. All right. Yeah, Paulie. I had Albert, I, I the Carolina not, Panthers? I have not had one. I'm Paulie. I have not had a single team tell me that any of these quarterbacks would be in the top five quarterbacks last year. I had another team tell me that the number one guy that they have, like the, the, the top-rated quarterback in this year's class for them, has a, would have the seventh-best grade among quarterbacks last year behind the five that went in the first round in Davis Mills. This is a really, really shaky year at quarterback. Okay, pie to the face. So Breer's got the over, Paulie's got the under. Yeah, Paul. This is not really fair. Albert's a guy with lots of information and thought, <laughs> and, and he really thought, he has, yeah. people talk to him. Nobody talks to yeah, him. Yeah, we usually don't do research on this uh, show. Right. <laughs> Thank you, but Albert. You do throw pies in people's faces. Yes, absolutely. Uh, that's Albert Breer, the uh, lead content strategist for the Monday Morning Quarterback. Yeah, you look at some of these questions that were asked to uh, the draft prospects. Over the last couple of years, you, of course, had the uh, Jeff Ireland and the Dolphins uh, apologizing to Des Bryant. They asked during a pre-draft visit whether his mom was a prostitute. The uh, former Falcons head coach, Dan Quinn, apologized to Eli Apple because one of his coaches asked the cornerback his sexual preference. Uh, Former LSU quarterback Darius Geis at the Combine. He was asked about his sexuality and if his mother was a prostitute. The uh, former tight end, Benjamin Watson, who played 16 years in the NFL, said that uh, it felt like he was being interrogated. You sit there in a dark room, a huge spotlight, and you're being interrogated for a crime. And the front office is in the back in the shadows. You can't see them. The guy grabbed my wrist and he's like, I can feel your pulse. So I know if you're lying to me. Have you ever smoked marijuana? I said no. And I really hadn't. I never smoked. He said, I think you're lying. I can feel your pulse. Are you lying to us? And I said, no, I'm not. I did that to Seton when I hired him. Yeah, I put him in a room and, and uh, he was actually smoking weed during the interview. So <laughs> that was the tricky part. There. And said, no, I had never. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right, we'll take a break. Uh, we're back after this Dan Patrick show. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 until noon Eastern, 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. And you can find us on the iHeartRadio app at FSR or stream us live on the Peacock app. Hey, I'm Doug Gottlieb. The podcast is called All Ball. We usually talk all basketball all the time, but it's more about the stories about what made these people love their sport and all the interesting interactions along the way. We talk to coaches. We talk to players. We tell you stories. You download it. You listen to it. I think you'll like it. Listen to All Ball with Doug Gottlieb on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Intelligence runs in the family. Innovation runs in the family. Extraordinary runs in the family. The 2022 Mercedes-Benz range of SUVs. Every member is waiting to impress. Learn more. MBUSA.com. Mercedes-Benz. The best or nothing. I saw these comments from the Astros' Lance McCullers blasting baseball owners as the lockout continues. He is the uh, player rep, I believe, for the Houston Astros. 
that uh, he says it's mind-blowing. These dudes legitimately cause these issues and continue to lie about it. And uh, walk out on us in Dallas, lock us out, don't speak to us for six weeks, take weeks at a time to respond to our proposals, clearly don't care about fans, baseball, or the game. It's exhausting. Um, Just to let you know, we did uh, reach out to both sides, reach out to the commissioner and then Tony Clark, the head of the NFL, or uh, Major League Baseball Players Association, just to see if they wanted to talk to us and uh, both declined. Some phone calls in here. Doug in North Carolina. Hi, Doug. Hey, Dan. You were talking about how important announcers really are. And if it's a big game, I guess they really don't matter. You're going to watch regardless. But there's one announcer who I would watch a boring game with, and I can't believe he's not even in the running for these jobs with Monday Night Football or uh, on Amazon, and that's – Gus Johnson. Simply put, I think he's the most exciting announcer of our time. That Todd will remember the Brandon Stokely play. I just think he adds excitement to any game, regardless of what teams are are playing. And I think he should be. If I'm I'm Jeff Bezos, I'm picking up the phone and calling Gus Johnson. All right. Thank you, Doug. Gus does a wonderful job. I think him not being with uh, CBS with March Madness really hurt. Hurt his brand. That's a guy that you should loan out. It's like ESPN loaned out Jay Billis. I always thought Dick Vitale should have been loaned out to to just do the play-in games. Just, you know, Dickie V has meant so much to college basketball. Now, you know, his health issues, um, can't be a broadcaster. I don't know what his future is going to be as far as broadcasting games, but, you know, loan out some of these people. Have cross-pollination there. Uh, And I know you want to develop your own talent, but you know, Jay Billis, loan him out, Dick Vitale, Gus Johnson. Uh, you, because it's about, you know, a great product that you're going to have. And those three would increase, the, enhance the product, in my opinion. Uh, Tom in California. Hi, Tom. What's on your mind today? Good morning, Dan. Dan Etz and Marvin. Uh, first time, long time. 5'10 and desperately in need of losing about 100 pounds. All right. I have a question first and then a comment. Okay. The question is directed to Marvin. Marvin, do you want to become a Danette? Oh, you know what? I wouldn't turn it down. It was never like my goal. I just wanted to be, a, you know, a part of the show, help out whatever in whatever way I could. But, hey, I won't say no. Okay. So then my question or my my comment is you guys need to step up and take his bet on whether UConn makes the Sweet 16 or not, because he simply needs the opportunity to become a Danette, and you're not giving it to him unless someone steps up and takes that pie-in-the-face bet. Yeah, but Tom, usually the Danettes say something stupid, and that's why they end up with a pie in their face. Like, Marvin is being too smart, and he went to Connecticut, so he's got some sources probably there, and he's watching all of the games. He's got his pom-poms out. He talks about our girls, the uh, UConn, the Lady Huskies, so he knows what's going on here. And I don't, you know, we, we don't want to. Oh, oh, boy. boy, Marvin, what happened? What what happened there? Did you screw up a little bit? Oh, you're going to now blame on other people? Now he's dead. Oh, at. Oh, great. <laughs> now he's a true dead. That's right. God bless you, kid. Yeah. You screwed up. Welcome to the club, buddy. You screwed up, and then you blamed it on somebody else. That's my bit. All right. Well done. All right. Well, thanks for the phone call, Tom. I invented that bit. Yeah. Chris. Oops, wasn't me. Is it Christopher or Christoph? I'm not sure about uh, Tyler's spelling. Is it Christoph? 
It's Christopher, but you can call me Chris. <laughs> Whatever, I don't care. <laughs> All right. Sorry about the R. Okay, what's on your mind there, Christopher? Hey, is there any chance that the Packers and Rodgers already know what they're doing and are intentionally just kind of gumming up the whole thing, knowing that other teams are waiting on their decision to figure out what they're going to do at the quarterback position? I I guess I wouldn't rule it out, Christoph, but I, I mean, I don't know why we need to play out the drama. There's already enough drama here. It just, let's get it done with one way or another. If he's staying, great. It, you know, unless they're working on the deal. But I, when Brian Gutekunst says, no, I haven't heard from any teams, isn't that the moment where if you do have something in the works, you say, look, I like where we are right now. I think we've made a lot of progress. I hope Aaron feels the same way. Um, you know, but I would shy away from even touching that topic about nobody is called. I, I wouldn't go there. I mean, if we're if we're careful in, in parsing our words and we want to be careful what we're saying due to the sensitivity of this, I would not be addressing something like that. Even if I was, I, I would not acknowledge that. Because if we're worried that how's Aaron going to feel that he wasn't in the picture where Packers are going to play in London and they had the picture at Abbey Road and he's not in there. I mean, people were breathless yesterday talking about that. How's Rogers going to feel? Now you're saying, no, we haven't had any trade offers. That would bother me more than making a, a stupid picture, Abbey Road, where you don't even get to go to Abbey Road and take the picture. It's just we're going to Photoshop you in there. This day in sports history, Paulie. 1904, the official playing rules of professional baseball clubs were adopted. Uh, 1927, Babe Ruth signed a three-year deal with the New York Yankees. Guess how much a year he was getting paid. One hundred thousand dollars, seventy grand a year in nineteen twenty-seven. Overrated. <laughs> Anything else? Uh, nah, that's it. Uh, Two thousand four, Indianapolis Colts signed Peyton Manning to a seven-year, ninety-eight million dollar deal, thirty-four million signing bonus. Overrated. <laughs> Twenty twelve, Sean Payton suspended for the entire season. Uh, what did you learn on today's broadcast there, Todd? You watched former Michigan player Nick Stauskas put up 57 in a G League game last night for the Grand Rapids gold over the Wisconsin herd. Yeah, I know. I'm watching. I'm watching G League last night, and I'm mesmerized. Seton O'Connor. Albert Breer getting in on the pie bets. I How like about it. That? I like it. He was once a serious journalist. Marvin, what'd you learn? I took the words out of my mouth. Albert Breer used to be a serious journalist. Uh, Paulie? Breer's in. Jumpstart your morning with M-Drive Start. Convenient protein powder for driven guys. Gives you the energy and nutrition to keep up with the Danettes. Find it at mdrivedan.com. Don't let age beat you. Refind your prime with M-Drive. Thanks for the phone calls, emails, tweets, the all-around support. Do it again tomorrow or until we get it right. One more item as we bring this Wednesday to a close. The Tunnel to Towers Foundation broke ground on its Do Good Village in Land Lakes, Florida. It's the first of its kind. It's really a unique community. 110 homes for the foundation's program recipients. So together these families can heal. It's a special place. Families know that their neighbors understand and care. They're going through some of the same issues. A community where the children of our nation's fallen or catastrophically injured heroes can grow and experience life together. The foundation's Do Good Village 
is going to help those families beyond measure. And it's all thanks to an extraordinary donation of many acres of land and your generosity. Help America's greatest heroes and their families heal together. Make the Do Good Village the first of many communities like it. And with every mortgage-free home, the foundation makes good on its promise to do good and never forget the sacrifices our heroes have made for our country and our communities. Donate $11 a month to Tunnel to Towers at T2T.org. That's the letter T, number two, letter T, dot org. Thank you.